actually, I think one of one of my kind of biggest takeaways, actually, even from that first seminar, um, staying at um, Mikhail's house and seeing how he interacted with his family and his uh, dedication and, and faith, that probably had a, a bigger impact on me than than a lot of the martial stuff. This is Glenn Murphy with NC Systema, and this is Systema for Life. Scott, thanks so much for making your time coming on the show. Thank you very much, Glenn. Uh, it's a pleasure to um, talk to you, talk with you. We've never actually uh, met face to face, even though we've uh, both been training Systema for a long time. And, um, and I lived in Japan once, but uh, we never crossed paths. It's a pretty big place. So <laughs> we're not going to bump into each other on Japan High Street. So that's not going to happen. <laughs> no, probably not. But I'm sure we'll meet up one day. Yeah. Are you based in? You're in Tokyo. Yeah, I'm based in Tokyo. Um, it's my second time living in uh, Japan. I, I lived here for about 10 years uh, once and, and then moved to a couple of different other countries and uh, found my way back here last year. Yeah. Did, uh, am I right in saying at one point you were teaching in Singapore? I thought I remember seeing something like that. Yeah, I was um, I, from, from Japan. I went to uh, London and I, I started a group up there, um, uh, started a group with uh, Sam Benson there at the time. And um, You started and that then Really? You started that group in, in London? No, well, Sam had already had an existing group, and yeah. um, I kind of just uh, started a different location, and, and most of the people uh, from his group came over and, and a few newbies and whatnot. Wow, that's fascinating. Um, that's amazing, because that, that was my first exposure to Sistema when I was in London. I was doing a, a, a master's at Imperial College in London, and Sam was teaching out of a the basement of a pub there and uh, just said Russian martial art and I think I'd seen some of the VHS tapes advertised and I went down and tried it out and so that was my very first exposure was with Sam there you go so we've almost crossed right. paths several times it looks like <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah I, I, I trained in that uh, the basement under the pub I, actually I, I invited uh, Martin down there as well and he, he taught a, a class down there one night um, wow. yeah I had some good ti- good times there yeah, grand. So, what uh, what took you to Japan in the first in the first instance? Was it for work, or you studying language culture? Um, well, I had uh, tried a few different uh, martial arts growing up, um, none of which I kind of stayed with until I had started doing Aikido, hmm. and uh, and that led me to uh, entering university and studying Japanese um, at university, and and uh, moving to uh, Tokyo to train in Aikido. Right. Like I said, yeah. Uh, so, like I said, I lived there for about ten years, and um, and yeah, I just moved back last year. Were you at the uh, Hombu Dojo in in Tokyo? Right. No, the, the the school that I belonged to was a. I guess it's kind of an interesting one. It was called um, Aikido Takamusukai, and um, the the master or the the creator of that group, uh, Suzuki Toshinobu, had uh, a unique position in that he was a, a high level Shinto priest and was the teacher of uh, Ueshiba in, in Shinto matters. Wow, um, but he was the student. He was the student of Ueshiba, obviously in um, martial matters, and uh, he-, he was said, I-, I guess, by Ueshiba to be one of the-, the few who understood his unique perspective of of martial and spiritual expression of of Aikido. So, did you were you training prior to moving to Japan? You're studying Aikido in uh, where, where was home? Where did you study um, in university? Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I grew up uh, in Australia. I'm, I'm, I'm Australian, and uh, Brisbane most of my most of my life. Uh, well, maybe about half of my life. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I started Aikido there and, and university there. Hmm. Um, I came over. the 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 teacher of that school he, he lived until he was about ninety one, and uh, I trained with him um, as well uh, in in Tokyo. And I, I did Aikido for many years and um, was teaching it, but um, I was always kind of aware of its uh, shortcomings. Hmm. In, in what way mm. you you felt um, in terms of the like combative um, self defense aspects, or in terms of the kind of the unifying philosophy? Well, I mean, it had a unifying philosophy. Um, that, that's probably one of its biggest things. But um, yeah, there, there are a lot of things that you know don't don't uh, really uh, see the light of day in, in Aikido. Hmm. Um, of course, you know, it's, it's very, uh, A plus B equals C type of, uh, martial art as well. Um, it was always inside a box, although it was, you know, probably a lot more relaxed and, and uh, flexible and free than, than other martial arts, but it was, it was still for me, uh, inside a box. Okay. Yeah. So, so that took you towards wanting to study something else. What was your first exposure to Sistema? 
Well, I, I don't know if I was actively looking, but, you know, it's just generally a curious uh, young man. And in, in about 2003, I came across Sistema um, by a, a Stanley Prennan article and mm. uh, began to look into it. And I think right about there began my departure from Aikido to Sistema. So that was why you were already living in Tokyo? Yeah, yeah, that was why I was there. Um, not why I stayed, but um, that, that was why I, I, I was there. Um, and, you know, after after that, I brought all the old uh, TRS videotapes, which uh, you need to go to an ancient history museum now to, to play, probably. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, they're good ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and this was uh, intrigued by what, by what I saw in that. Um, and then I saw that um, Vladimir and Valerie were, were taking a group to Moscow to train uh, with uh, Mikhail and contacted her about joining the, the group. Um, I think it was the last uh, tour they did, actually. Mm. Um, and, of course, Valerie was so nice and helpful. Um, I had zero experience in Sistema, uh, and so I asked if I could go a week early to try to get a feel of it before the actual seminar. Right. Um, which, yeah, yeah. Um, so fully and, and in at the deep end then, pretty much, yeah, having not really trained different, straight to, straight to the source. Right, yeah, in, in a completely kind of naive way. Um, yeah, just thought I would turn up there and, and, and see what it was like. Um, in those days, the, the Moscow seminar was about six days long with the morning, afternoon, and night training sessions. Um, so Valerie very helpfully arranged for me to be able to arrive early. And um, actually, I, I was put up at uh, Mikhail's house and uh, do some personal training with him and his uh, teachers and join his classes uh, before the before the seminar began. Wow, that must have been a pretty incredible. What, what was it like the first time meeting Mika? It was it was yeah pretty pretty amazing. Um, I, I arrived at the the old airport, um, which I, I really still can't pronounce properly. Um, the um, and and was picked up by uh, Sergey Ozhiriliev. Um, of course, he he spoke no English, uh, but in true. Traveler style, we, we communicated through body language, etc., and uh, we jumped into his car to make our way to Mikhail's house, um, which is about a 30-minute drive uh, from from the airport. Uh, well, it, it was 30 minutes when when Sergey was driving. Um, <laughs> when the trap when the traffic was okay, we stayed on the road. When it wasn't okay, we kind of jumped off the road and uh, <laughs> spet <spet> style <laughs> driving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, very very traditional. Uh, welcome to Russia. I thought in, in hindsight. <laughs> Um, so yeah, he, he dropped me off at uh, Mikhail's house, uh, and he, then he returned home. Um, he, he didn't have to go too far because he, he lives next door to Mikhail. Mm. Um, so I saw him popping his head over the fence a few times whenever whenever there's a conversation going on. <laughs> and um, and then that night uh, I was taken to uh, my first ever Sistema lesson at uh, Mikhail's old uh, old training location, which. Um, was this kind of old wooden floor gym, nails poking out of the boards um, in some places, kind of uh, very, very old school type of type of place. Um, mm -hmm. I walked in, I could see probably around 30 people, some in pairs, some in groups, um, some some watching and some talking and some training. I saw um, Sergei, was really he was beating the daylights out of uh, Konstantin Kamarov, who was leaping and rolling and sliding and slipping punches and kicks. Um, I, I guess now that I've, I'm a little bit more aware that we're working on some kind of evasion uh, drills and things. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was very interesting uh, first night. I was, I was handed off to a, a man by the name of uh, Igor. Mm -hmm. He looked a bit like a, bit like a bear, and, um, but he, he was very soft. He, he, he started by gently moving me around the room with light touches to different areas of the body, sometimes closing my eyes and basically saying no or yes, depending on whether he thought I was doing the right thing or the wrong thing. Um, mm. that, was the, that was the extent of his English, but it was uh, kind of sufficient uh, for, for the job. Um, but I do remember uh, thinking, what, what the heck are we doing? I, I, I'd never done any, anything like that in, in my life up to that date, but it, um, of course it makes complete sense now, and I, I, I still do that drill from time to time um, as a sensitivity drill in our, in our classes. So were you were you taken were you taken aback by the way that Sistema was trained? Because there's, there's nothing in there's not really a lot in those old TRS tapes that suggests how you train, right? They're, they're almost they're just put together as somebody looking at it from the outside who just wants to kind of show some techniques off. Um, 
would put it together, right? And you can see Vladimir is almost embarrassed, like he's just to be like doing these fixed techniques against fixed attacks, and he's kind of varying it up and things like that. And it's, it, it, there's there's not really a lot in those tapes that gives you the clues to how he got those skills in the first place, right? <laughs> it's, it's just kind of a demonstration in in some sense. So were you um, surprised yeah. by the way that they trained? That it was slow? That it was tactile? That it was you know more based on sensitivity than it was on you do this and I'll do this? Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, I mean, the the, the complete. The, the training in, in Russia is, is basically the complete opposite of, of those um, those tapes, uh, so to speak. Like I said, they're, they're kind of more demonstrative than actual learning in, in a way or learning how to build those those skills. Um, it, but, you know, at that time I, I, I knew less than nothing and um, and, and all, all the, the, the drills and things were kind of baffling to me. I mean, it would look like to me at the time that, you know, Mikhail would punch a guy around for a while and, and then he would say, Bajolster, uh, you know, go ahead and do it. Mm-hmm. And and I'd be thinking, what in the world am I am I supposed to do? I, I had no idea. Um, but luckily, the the, the Russian uh, guys over there was were so patient and very kind. And um, I, I guess they'd uh, had had the experience of uh, newbies coming over and and, and trying out um, uh, Sistema with them. So that that was very good. Right. So um so that was your that was your first contact and you did like a hardcore week or two there and then um what happened at the end of that week were you pretty much converted and you knew you wanted to train Sistema thereafter or was there kind of like a teething period where you weren't sure and you were still kind of juggling your Aikido and Sistema? Well, you know, I'll I'll, I'll just talk a little bit about that that first experience because I think is is quite interesting. The the, the second lesson um, that I had with. Uh, with Sistema was um, uh, with uh, Sergei Borshov uh, in in the yeah. basement of Mika- in the basement of Mikhail's house. Um, he, he turned his uh, basement into a small gym with um, with lots of weapons and memor- memorabilia on the walls. Um, and uh, Daniel was there. He was very very young as well. I think maybe fifteen or sixteen or something. And and uh, Peter Anazoni and Dave Merrill had, had turned up as well. Mm. Um, those, those I'm, I'm sure you know those guys. They're, they're both from Florida, and we, yep. we worked yeah. on. Uh, they've both been on the podcast, yeah, at different times. Yeah. Well, actually, right, no, Pete, okay. Peter hasn't. I managed to get hold of Peter. He's uh, inherently suspicious of media. Apparently, I don't, I don't know how I got classed as the media, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we've had you, yeah, we've had Dave. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> I, they're both great guys. So, so uh, knowledgeable and, and skilled um, martial yeah. artists, and, yeah. and you know, very, very much my, my seniors in um, system, and they're, they're very funny as well. So we had a, had a great time with them. Um, Dave Merrill actually was was the first Sistema instructor to visit Japan. Um, he he came out in two thousand four uh, to to visit me after we'd come back from Moscow, and so I grabbed um, Andrew Sefai and and we trained in uh, Takeda Nobaba and Harajuku Park um, mm-hmm. for, for for about a week. So yeah, yeah, he's a very good guy. Yeah. Uh, and then, um, you know, my, my, my third lesson was uh, with, with Mikhail in his backyard. Um, he's got a bit of uh, lawn between, between his house and a small chapel that he has. And um, we worked on uh, sensing and, and using tension to go through one person to another. And, and at that stage, um, it, it was just uh, keeping an open mind because uh, it was like nothing, nothing I'd, I'd experienced. So he kept on like that uh, on a daily basis um, for, for a week, and uh, it was yeah one of the most uh, amazing and eye-opening experience I've I've had. Mm. Um, one day we were uh, taken along to an old Soviet gym, and um, where Mikhail had been asked to train existing um, Spetsnaz uh, soldiers from the Ministry of Justice, which he has uh, strong connections with. Yeah, um, kind of makes me smile to read. You know, a lot of uh, internet. Warriors claim that the system is not taught to special operations or Spetsnaz groups. Um, you know, when when I've I've been on uh, actual Spetsnaz bases uh, right. in in, Mos- in Moscow yeah. with you know with groups. I, actually, during during that um, seminar, a group was was taken out um, to a couple of uh, Spetsnaz um, training areas. Uh, we were taken to two bases to observe and, and do some training. Um, I'm not sure if I'm I'm supposed to talk about it. You, you know, there's a Russian twist on the saying: uh, "If I tell you, I have to kill you." Um, well, <laughs> well, they, well, they say if, if I tell you, they will have to kill me. Um, <laughs> so um, any, anyway, our, 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 our tour bus received um, um, some kind of military escort through Moscow, going to the training base, going to the training base, you know, going through red lights, etc. It was wow. kind of an interesting experience. Um, 
Well, when we went to the base, it was it was kind of no joke stuff. Um, some of the obstacle courses and things that that we did, uh, I guess, might have been a mild version of, of what those guys did. Yeah. Um, one, one one of the one of the things was walking uh, across this greased uh, steel cable, like a steel cable made up of these um, strands of steel, and you know some of them are split with kind of pretty razor sharp uh, shards protruding out of them. Wow. About fifteen feet above about 15 feet above the ground. Um, well, I kind of wished it was ground. It was, it was all sorts of metal junk and smoking holes and things, which would have made for a very unpleasant landing. <laughs> and, um, you know, smoke pouring out of the ground, explosions. Um, one stage, you, you know, we were shimmering on our bellies uh, on, on, the, on the ground, going through mud under barbed wire with uh, smoke and gunshots uh, going off. Um, I, I chose to believe they were blanks, but never actually found out. <laughs> Didn't stick your head up to find out. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, it was, it was all, um, it was all very adventurous and, you know, it was my first time, uh, on the shooting range. We, we tried out some AK-47s and macro pistols and, um, yeah, very, very interesting stuff. And they, later, actually, we went to, um, to uh, a Vityaz uh, training compound, and, and the, the Vityaz uh, Special Operations Group was um, was one of the units of the, the Ministry of Internal Affairs, mm-hmm. and um, and they they were kind of uh, rapid deployment division of the internal troops, and assigned to uh, things like counterterrorism and prison rebellions and mutinies of, of army units, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we did. They they had a pretty hair raising obstacle course there too, and I I, I watched um, and this this is with the whole group of, of the the people that came to do that seminar, and we, we watched one of the Vitsias guys do the the obstacle course in about two minutes flat, mm. and of course when I tried it, um, I think my my mate stopped timing me when he got bored after about fifteen minutes of watching me you know, <laughs> dangle stupidly from ropes etc. So um, yeah, they're, they're they're very impressive as well. Yeah. As physical specimens, right there, they're trained to within an inch of their lives. It seems. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that that uh, the, the seminar started, and I, and I got to meet Vladimir there as well. That was the first time, and um, met a lot of uh, so many good and, and talented people on that trip. Um, a lot of them still around today. Um, mm-hmm. you know, people like uh, Scott Meredith, Quan Lee, uh, Jacob Goldblatt, Brad Skunkova, James Williams, um, Jim King. Just a lot of people that were. Um, yeah, very, very good and um, very knowledgeable. Yeah. Uh, of, and then the actual seminar itself was was fascinating. It, it was the one that um, Discovery Channel did a small documentary on. Oh, okay. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. yeah. So it's. I think that's available on on TV and YouTube. Um, I didn't. I don't think I really had the eyes to see uh, back then. But um, I often look back on on what we did and and, and review it in, in my mind and think we basically covered um, the, the full spectrum. Uh, so to speak, of Sistema in, in that in that seminar, ranging from, you know, what they so-called the the internal work um, to, to uh, the external work. Um, so you know, I think a, a few years ago, Michael came out with a focus on on internal work, calling it the new school. Um, I think he felt that uh, many Sistema groups um, in, in the world were focusing maybe a bit too much, or it was going in that direction on purely physical side of um, of, of the work that we do, yeah, and and now I, I think you know, like like a, a pendulum, he, he he wanted to start uh, bringing Sistema uh, back and, and being taught um, the Sistema being taught under his name back to to what is actually the correct or the the whole or the complete system, yeah. And there there was a lot of uh, criticism at that time um, of that process. Um, you know, some people coming out and saying. That they wanted to do old school Sistema, um, which meant you know the, they were kind of focusing on what they wanted to focus on. Yeah. Uh, you know, possibly you know the physical or the technical side. Um, and I, I kind of look back now and I think you know Mikhail was was very far sighted as as I see you know his his efforts during that time um, had the desired effect I think for the most part in, in making sure. Uh, Sistema stays as, as, as a wholesome, complete way that includes, um, you know, all, all of our systems, um, whether they're perceived to be internal or, or external. I think, you know, in the beginning there was no division, but yeah. you could see that you could see that divide coming and and kind of put a stop to it. Um, do do in, you think in, some of that in, was as part, sorry? 
So I was going to say, do you, do you think some of that was partly in reaction to the the growing popularity of Sistema as Michael and Vladimir had, had kind of brought it to the Western world? Um, and then kind of a, a lot of piggybacking on the part of other Russian systems and or people that had done bits and pieces of it and kind of stripped out and deconstructed and kind of resold their own systems as kind of um, as, as Russian martial arts in different ways, you know, focusing more on the biomechanical and um, more on just kind of the systems of leaders that are taught and, and, and also out of that kind of system of school of, uh, which is, you know, a different way of teaching and, and different way of thinking about it in some senses. But uh, do you think it was partly in reaction to that him sort of saying, well, it, it's that there's a lot more to it than that. And if, if, if you go too far down the alleyway, if you go too far down the technical, you'll miss this larger piece of, of what it is and what it does for your life. You know, that's just one part of what it is. Yeah, I, I think actually that's a quite a good way of, of, of explaining it. Um, you know, it, it was spreading at a, at a rapid rate and, um, you know, uh, people are, are going to take what they uh, think is, is most applicable or, or the what they see is the best parts of it and, and probably emphasize that. And I think, um, you know, Mikhail could see kind of the direction it was going and, and came out, um, you know, with, with that, what, what he called uh, new school. Um, yeah. And, and you notice he, he doesn't use that anymore either. I mean, I think that that did its job, and 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 now it's kind of uh, you know back to to doing sistema. Yeah, yeah. In, in Japan, I, I I like to say that that our school, um, which which is uh, sistema Japan, it's it's not old school. It's it's not uh, new school, but it's um, it's true school, and and that's um, you know true to the training methods and intentions of um, both uh, Mikhail and Vladimir. Yeah. Yeah, I've definitely, I mean, I mean, partly because um, a good amount of the, the internal work and, and my limited exposure to, uh, to Michael and more of the internal work has meant that I've just focused on mostly what I've got from Vladimir with my school. Um, but as I've, the more Vlad, Vladimir comes back and trains and brings things back from Michael and from Moscow, such as the, the parameters of power seminar last year and, and the year before, it seems like his work gets more and more internal, but just with his own particular emphasis and flavor on it as well. Yeah, very, very much agree with that statement too. Um, Vlad was was out here uh, in in November, and he, he's just yeah, he's, he's such a good guy, and and he's a, a martial arts genius. Um, yeah, an amazing guy. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I was, I was talking to Martin about this a little while back, and I even had Vladimir not kind of a found sistema. He's just kind of one of those guys who's a, a phenom, right? He's just a spectacularly good at picking up new movements and he's just kind of like a, a, a movement outlier in some sense i'm sure if he'd, he'd taken up dance or something he probably would have been spectacular at that as well <laughs> so, so perhaps, perhaps sometimes he's not the best model to look to for like oh this this is how we should learn right away because uh, maybe there's some aspects of what he can do and how quickly he can learn which are just unattainable for mere mortals <laughs> yeah uh, you know there's there's probably some truth to that i mean you know none of us have also had to go through the experiences that him and Mikhail and, you know, other, other people have, Every, everyone has their own background. So sure. yeah. You know, we, yeah, we can only do the best that we can do. And yeah. sometimes, um, you know, it takes a bit of effort to do that. Yeah. Of course the goal isn't to move like anybody else or copy anybody else anyway. So that's uh, but, but, um, I remember talking with Martin about that and I think actually it was quite a little while back and then feeling some sort of sense of relief of being like, Oh, okay, that's fine. Then we don't have to try, <laughs> don't have to try quite that hard. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you, know, you, you, you're going to fall short trying to compare yourself uh, to people like Vlad and, and Mikhail. That's for sure. Yeah. And Igor Ponizov actually made the, made the point. Um, I talked to him a year before last. It was just at the beginning of the podcast really. And, um, about how actually the real steps forward in Sistema happen as you let go of that idea of comparison, you stop comparing yourself to other people. That's, and you just kind of do the work and you lower your intent to get better or you lower your intent to achieve any specific result and that that tends to be when your body actually starts to express things yeah yeah i'd agree with that as well um you know i i think both mikhail and, and vlad uh you know was you know unquestionable martial genius um you know their, their, their lifestyle and their values um and, and faith are also you know very extremely admirable and, and something to um, aspire to if, if you're interested in that kind of thing as well. Yeah. Um, I, actually, I think one of, one of my kind of biggest takeaways, actually, even from that first seminar, um, staying at um, Mikhail's house, 
and seeing how he interacted with his family and um, and and you know his his uh, dedication and, and faith that that probably had a, a bigger impact on me than than a lot of the martial stuff because probably mm. quite honestly at that at that time a lot of that probably went over my head but the actual feeling and uh, impression from from those things um, you know were long lasting and and quite life changing to be honest. It's a brand new year at NC Sistema. All our classes are being held at our regular venue at 4815B Hillsboro Road in Durham, North Carolina. We're in the building behind the Triangle Music School on the junction of Hillsboro Road and Benrose Circle. In addition to our many martial arts classes, we've also added breathwork and strength and conditioning classes to the schedule this year. Visit ncsystema.com and view the new class schedule. Remember, there's a free trial class available for all new students. Book yours today. Do you think in some part um, training with Suzuki as like a, a Shinto priest and kind of like a, a spiritual man in his martial sense as well um, prepared you in some way for, for seeing, seeing that, like seeing people who tie together their faith and their, um, and their martial arts so strongly or... Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure about that. I mean, you know, I I, I studied and, and read about um, the, the Shinto faith only because of you know it appeared to have such a big impact on Ueshiba and yeah. you know thinking thinking that the more I could understand that the better uh, my, my Aikido would be or something like that. But I think ultimately that was a, a dead end. Really, um, mm. my, my my faith isn't in. Uh, the, the Shinto uh, religion. Um, I, actually, I, I come from a, a Christian background, and yeah. so I, I, I feel a lot more comfortable, um, you know, uh, with, with Sistema and and, uh, and the Russian Orthodox uh, faith. Actually, yeah. uh, an example, another example of um, just reminded me another example of, of Mikhail's character. Um, there's there's a famous church um, called the the Trinity Lavra of Saint Sergius. Um, it's it's at a, a small town uh, in Sergey of Posad. Um, it's, it's said to be one of the most important um, Russian monasteries and spiritual centers of, of uh, the Russian Orthodox uh, faith in, in, in Moscow or outside Moscow. Yeah. Um, it, it's about one, one and a half hours outside of uh, Moscow. And actually, I got a, a couple of stories from, from that place. I've been there a few times. But um, on one occasion, um, Mikhail had taken me with him on, on one of his trips there. I, I was staying with him on another occasion and he, he took me along with him, you know, on his normal uh, life and going around to visit friends and some churches and things. And at one time we were returning from uh, visiting the, the Trinity Lavra uh, church and it was coming to dusk and, and the traffic was, was, was quite heavy and we were moving quite slowly. I could see up ahead there was this young lady um, on the side of the road. She's just standing in front of the car and, and trying to get people's attention, um, trying to get them some, you know, people to stop and the traffic was moving slowly, so I, I, I could see for quite a while. No, no one was stopping. No one was helping. Mm. And, um, and we were coming closer and closer. I thought, oh, poor lady. And um, you know, Mikhail stopped his car, wound down his window, um, spoke to her for a few minutes in Russian, then reached into his wallet and pulled out a bunch of notes and, and just handed them to the young lady, said goodbye, and we continued on. And uh, later I found out that she'd, she'd run out of petrol and had no money. And um, there was a gas station not too far away, so... Mikhail had just given us some money to pay for a fuel and, and just moved on. Mm. Um, I, I I like that. He's uh, you know he's he's a, he's a great man, and I don't think we have enough of that in the world today. Mm. Just general goodwill and kindness. Yeah, and practices what he preaches. You know. Yeah, definitely. So, um, mm. so was that the first of um, a few trips to Moscow for you? Did, you? did you return many times, or was it um, one big influential trip, and then um, you started to set up in Japan? No, I've, I've been there um, several occasions. I, if 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 I could do it, I, I'd, I'd go there every year. It's it's really good um, to to spend time over there. They they don't um, they they train in a very different way uh, inside Russia um, as as opposed to outside Russia. It's 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 um, very kind of much more detailed and um, looking into the minutia of, um, of 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 the movement of, of the source and, mm. and things like that. Yeah. So, to, um, so was there Sistema in in Japan um, at the time that you came back from Moscow, or did you establish a group when you were there? 
Yeah, uh, no, I think uh, Andy and I were the first uh, to establish a, a group over there. I, I met uh, Andy in uh, the end of 2003. Mm. And um, so we, we established a, a small group there in the beginning, you know, just the two of us and the built ups. And um, now um, it's, it's quite a, a decent sized school. And But of course, you know, now as well, I, I think, you know, a few years after that, um, Rio also came back and he, he was living in Osaka and, and uh, he's, he's created what is now um, Sistema Osaka. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's been a few years, and, and of course, Mikhail has a, a special place in his heart, I think, for, for Japan. He, li- he likes it over here, and, and I think he finds the, the Japanese people quite receptive um, to, to what he he's, wants to teach and, and the message he wants to get through. Mm. So there's, there's quite a good, um, good following of, of Sistema practitioners. Um, a lot of our, our students have uh, become instructors themselves, and some of them have uh, started teaching their own groups. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I've, I've met a good number at HQs and people that have been through like Taka and, and along the way as well. I've always enjoyed training with them, all of the Japanese folks that come through, and partly because there's just, there seems to be this focus on sensitivity and patience, as you might pretty much expect from people in Japanese culture. Right? The, 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 the slow, kind of steady, patient approach wins the race in Japan a lot of the time, right? Nobody's in a rush to get ahead of anybody else a lot of the time. So it's, um, it's, a, it's testament to that kind of Japanese indomitable spirit i think that, that people study sistema in the same way and, and tend to tend to get very very good you know it's in, in a comparatively short time i think yeah and, and they don't have a lot of um, the obvious ego uh, getting in the way as well so the you know yeah. they, they really they really take the training seriously and, and just get down to it yeah yeah edgar schools mentioned that he you know he likes to come to um tokyo almost better than he does um to go like other places and certainly more than um traveling around the States as he used to, or trying to drop into those seminars because he, he feels like Michael shows more when he goes to Japan because he has this big audience of people who are, you know, unendingly patient and ready to receive what he's going to do and ready to him, ready for him to play with just an idea for a couple of a few hours. And, uh, he feels like he gets more detail and that's why he keeps going back to Japan and tailing, tailing Michael there for the seminars. Yeah, definitely. I, I feel like, um, what he, what he teaches in, in Japan is closer to what he teaches inside Russia. Um, over, over or compared to uh, anywhere else outside of Russia. Yeah, gotcha. So, mm. um, so, so in your own classes now, so um, you, you have a couple of instructors at your school, and do you teach um, predominantly in the same place, or do you kind of move around? Because Tokyo is a big, a big spot, right? So, do you have like a few different locations where you try and kind of spread bet to to get more people, or do they all come to you? We, we have um, probably in total about 13 instructors in, in our school, and not all of them teach on a regular basis. Um, we, we started a, uh, a Hombu Dojo or, or a permanent uh, training venue um, probably about eight years ago. Hmm. Um, and, Where, whereabouts uh, is that? It's in a, a place called Takaro no Baba. Okay, yeah, I know. Hmm. Uh, yep, yep. And um, it's um, yeah, so it, it's quite easy. Anyone who wants to train can can just go there. All, all of our classes are there. We we still hold um, one or two classes outside as well. That we, we originally we, we started off by by tra- training outside in the park, um, mm-hmm. rain, shine, or hail, and uh, we did that for many years. And it wasn't wasn't um, until uh, we we started to grow a bit bigger and, and started thinking about um, the the people that didn't want to train uh, in the kind of uh, relative discomfort of, of outside. Yeah. Um, so it's that we, we started training indoors as well. Gotcha. Well, well 13 mm. instructors, that's quite a handoff. So how, how do you keep everything organized or is that just down to the indomitable Japanese organizational spirit as well? <laughs> yeah, I, I can't really take credit for that. I, I don't think, um, you know, the, the, the schedule, um, is run by the, the Japanese guys. Um, I, I have my, uh, my class that I teach, which is on a Saturday and, and you know they they kind of arrange within themselves, and depending on their weekly schedules, um, which which uh, classes they're able to teach. Um, so yeah, it, it's it runs quite quite smoothly in, uh, in true Japanese fashion. So what is it about Sistema you think that appeals to Japanese people so much? Because clearly it's it's an seems to be something of an easier sell in Japan than it does, say, here in the States. You know, here we're, Sistema is still competing with the runaway success of MMA and BJJ and other kind of externally based styles. And, and also to a lesser extent with Aikido and, and other traditional martial arts that are a little bit more kind of internally focused. Um, but it's, it, it seems that the, the main barrier to entry for us is just um, trying to convince people 
to come through the door and give it a try um, to, to try something that's a little bit weird and a little bit different. And then once they're in and they're trying it, they tend to stick at it. But it seems like um, the Japanese schools have really um, taken off once they've started it. So, I mean, maybe we're just seeing snapshots and we're seeing the end point of it as well. But the seminars tend to have like three, two, 300 people in them and they, they seem to be overwhelmingly popular with the people that start training. Do you think there's anything that accounts for that in, in the Japanese people? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, just firstly, I don't think we've ever had 300 uh, people. Probably around 200 is a very, very high number. Um, but okay. they, they do they do get uh, quite quite high numbers. Mm. Um, I, th- I think it, it offers um, a couple of things. Uh, it, in, in general, I think Sistema offers something more than other martial arts. Um, and then specifically, I, I think it offers um, to the Japanese market something that uh, gives them a little, a little bit more freedom. Uh, you know, the... the the society here is, is very regimented and, and has um, a lot of uh, unspoken rules, which everyone knows, but you yeah. know, as you, you, you can't really find a manual on it, uh, so to speak. Right. Um, and especially in, in the martial arts schools, it's, it's, it's very hierarchical and, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, certain stages of what you can do, what you can't do, etc. So I think, you know, they, they enjoy the, f- the freedom of that. Um, mm. But, um, you know, like uh, Spider-Man said, I think uh, with, with um, that, that freedom or that power comes great responsibility. So, you know, it, it, it comes down to the person as well uh, to be able to manage that because I, I, it can be a bit frightening, I think, um, or maybe not frightening, but disorienting to, to have uh, that freedom. Yeah. It's very, very, very hard to, to focus on um, what is actually needed and, and what um, – what you you need as a, as a person yeah that's and that's that's something that kind of occurred to me in um, having lived in Japan and the Japanese lifestyle is that those those structural norms and rules like the things that you say to people when somebody has a bereavement or you know or the, the things that you do when um, you know somebody comes in late or whatever it's going to be there's, there's these little kind of knock-on rules and everybody knows the rules and very few of them as you say are written down but that it seems to me that structure is there to make everybody more comfortable to, to avoid embarrassment right so you don't have to you know, hear of if somebody you know, they you know, they have a relative that dies or their parent dies or something. You go to them in a weird, awkward way in America and say, like, "I'm sorry," as if you're apologizing for it. It's like, "Why? It wasn't your fault," you know, <laughs> kind of this thing. And it's very, very odd. Whereas in, in Japan, there's you know, set phrasing for things that you say, um, and it's it, it removes the embarrassment of having to flounder and not have the structure of 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 what's expected from that interaction, right? And um, and it occurred to me that. It, it surprised me in a sense that that Sistema took off has seemed to take it has seemed to take off so well because in in a society where people depend on structure such a lot it's um it seems like a big leap of faith to to leave that behind and and be okay with it and I've certainly experienced people here who who seem unable to adapt to Sistema or to get what they need to from from the training just because they're so structurally minded and they're desperate for you to, to give them a a framework. Um, and they, they're not comfortable with improvising or, or thinking or playing with the principles. They, they just want you to tell them what to do so that they can do it right. And then you can give them a pat on the back, you know? <laughs> and it's, and that's not to say that Japanese people are all like that, but it's, it's, it's a very structured society. So I would have assumed that there would have been more people who were structured and therefore having difficulty with the, with the relative freedom of it. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that, that's exactly um, the, the kind of point I was, I was trying to make. And, and it, it, it it wasn't. Um, it, it didn't come quickly and easily either. It, it took um, many years to to start to build up um, the, the group and and to start to get uh, you know a little bit of attention. Um, you know, in the beginning, we were kind of a very very small hardcore type of type of group, and and I think there's a um, as a as an online chat room called Knee Channel um, where people go on there to comment on things that they think you know. Uh, basically, go go on the on this online channel to complain, and then and somehow, Systema came up on that, and um, and that, that got people's attention, and uh, we started to get a few more people coming from that, and um, there's a, a news article here or there, or a magazine article here or there, um, so it's it's slowly built up, but it certainly wasn't um, an, an overnight uh, or or quick um, rise to popularity, and I, I wouldn't consider it popular now either, um, although it's you know just due to the density of the population we, we, we do have a, a substantial number of people doing it 
Yeah, I was going to say it's, it's probably partly a numbers game as well, right? If you're talking about Osaka or, or Tokyo, it's, it's just as a proportion of the population of people who do martial arts, it's, it's way bigger than even somewhere like London, you know, it really is, or, or and certainly if, you know, Raleigh or Durham, North Carolina, where I am. And so it's, uh, it's, it's, you're, you're drawing from a bigger pool of potentially interested people, maybe. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. And and I think you know the, the the popularity as well of of it is is that it does go beyond um, a martial art in in, the, in that sense um, as well. I, I I think you know as, as an example, um, Mikhail one night was uh, was was talking um, at a at a camp uh, in, in in a beside a lake outside of Moscow a number of years ago, and and. Um, he, he mentioned that humans were, were given uh, the gift of freedom and, um, and, and, you know, the translation, I don't know how, how it went, but, um, but, you know, it's kind of the freedom to change and, and maybe therefore control our, our systems, things like our, um, our blood pressure, our heart rate, our temperature. And um, he, he said something like, um, if, if, if everything is normal, our, our heartbeat should be around 60 heartbeats per minute. And he said that this was um, according to the, the rules of the universe and that um, that time had defined how Earth uh, revolved around the sun. And so I, I asked him, um, why, why do we use the, the decimal system then, the, the base 10 numerical system? And, uh, and he, he said, um, you know, in, in ancient times, they used the uh, sexagismal system, the, the base 60 numerical system. Yeah. And, and yeah, so... You know, that was quite interesting. I, I, I looked into that in, you know, the Sumerians 3,500 years ago were using the, the base 60 systems for, for mathematics and astronomy and still yeah. used today, right? Yeah, you know, that's where the 60 seconds. seconds came from in a minute. Yeah, 60 minutes. And 60 seconds, 60 yeah. minutes, um, 360 degrees um, geographical coordinates. So he, he was, um, you know, kind of the, the, the theme for that uh, seminar was um, equilibrium and, and turning to that state and uh, it was of the opinion that we need to reach uh, the natural stage and, and balance the way we live with everything else and, mm. uh, and he, he said that's what separates Sistema from many martial arts um, for, for example other martial arts they, they may try to uh, increase those uh, so-called freedoms uh, blood pressure heart rate etc uh, etc you know mm. With with maybe uh, aggressiveness or, or or what have you, and he went on. Um, he, he said, "Imagine you're trying to live faster and faster, which it seems like you know it kind of maybe kind of be happening in in, the, in our general society, and, and it increases our rhythm, and, and the demands become more and more. And um, we, we've we've somehow uh, forgotten um, that the normal state of life." Hmm. Um, he, he said the, the the average rate of now of the heartbeat is around 70, 75 beats per minute, um, where when it should be much much closer to sixty. He, 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 and he actually, he did mention that um, Aikido was the the only martial art that demands less than other martial martial arts in that respect. Hmm. And he said it's easy to check too if if, if you're training. Um, if after training your your blood pressure and heart rate etc. Uh, has increased. Yeah. Then and and that's considered right in whatever you're doing. Then then actually that indicates that it's um, it's not right and uh, it, it leads you uh, to live against the uh, the principles or the or the rules of the universe. It's yeah, it's an interesting thing because that seems to fly in the face of a lot of um, established kind of modern fitness law. You know, it seems like people are in a race to get their blood pressure as high as possible in as short a time as possible so they can get their workout in and crank it out and, you know, the high intensity interval training and all of that kind of stuff. And and there's some evidence that if you're looking for to, you know, increase your heart volume and you're looking to get like an interesting cardiovascular response, then you can you can get that by that kind of training in the short term. Um but it, I don't think they've done enough longitudinal studies to show what that kind of training does to you over the periods of 30 years and whether or not it's likely to keep you alive past 70, you know, that kind of thing. So it might help you be like mm. an elite athlete who burns out really quick. I don't know, but it's a, I'm very skeptical about the idea of how good that is, and particularly when you see people who have heart attacks when they're doing that kind of work, you know, and have the rhabdomyosis and all kinds of other stuff like that <laughs> that comes from the, that kind of crazy high intensity stuff. I mean, I mean, obviously we do need to move and we need to breathe, but I've, I've, I've changed my philosophy on what, 
constitutes fitness and starting Sistema. It, it's, it's, for me, it's the range of things that I can do without getting stressed out and without getting uncomfortable and without having my blood pressure racing and having to get aggressive to achieve it. You know, it's, um, and it's even, even when in terms of like lifting things or, you know, whatever it's going to be, it's like, can I do it in a, in such a relaxed way or with, with such poise that I don't have to struggle and, you know, make a face and, and breathe really hard in order to do it, you know? And, and I think those gains come slower and they're a little bit, less um, immediately satisfying and so people maybe reach for the the faster results or something like that yeah and i think probably it talks to more about health rather than fitness you know um, yeah mm-hmm. for, for example you know in, in your job or your working life um, you you if you have uh, lots of pressure um your your psyche is, is, is not going to be able to take it well um and so mikhail would suggest you know either, either find a new job or or learn how to recover your psyche if you have to work under pressure. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as we all know, in, in Sistema, we have a lot of tools for recovering our psyche with, with breathing or lowering our blood pressure if it's high, raising it if it's low, um, you know, basically maintaining uh, what what should be uh, the equilibrium, the the ideal state. It's, it's very good to, to bring you back um, to that natural state. So do you find that you use those in, in your work? What do you do for work when you're not teaching Sistema, slapping people around? <laughs> um, I, I, actually, I, I came back to Japan with a new job. I've, I just finished um, uh, one, one previous position, and I'm working for uh, Amazon in Japan. I, I take care of uh, corporate security for uh, Japan and Korea. Wow. Right. So do you find that, um, that that job introduces stresses to your life that Sistema helps you deal with, or is there not much crossover? I, no, I, I think you know once you start to take Sistema seriously, um, it, it permeates, or it should permeate, you know, all areas of your life. So, you know, I think the, the sooner you learn that um, walking into the, the training session, whatever, and switching on Sistema. And then, you know, maybe it kind of switches off when you leave again. I, as soon as you learn to, to carry that outside of the, the training venues, then um, that's, that's when your, your real learning starts to begin. Yeah. So, so do you have any kind of practices that you have for yourself in order to keep Sistema kind of alive within yourself all day long? Because it's, as you said, the, the modern world doesn't necessarily nudge you towards an awareness of yourself and calming yourself down that kind of nudges us the other way towards distraction and stress and all of those, um, all those kinds of tendencies. Do, do you find that you have to rebalance yourself throughout the day or do you just try and make an effort not to lose your poison balance, both psychological and physical? Um, I, I think that um, I just try and maintain it. Uh, and and it's, it's like a, a continual mindfulness um, of your posture, of your 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 tension or, or excess tension, um, of your breathing, um, it's just a, a continual mindfulness, and um, slowly um, it it starts to to go from uh, having to correct it more and more and more to you know it being a, a more natural state. But um, yeah. you know, I, I I'm, I'm certainly no master in any sense of the word, but I, I do use um, the medium of Sistema to try and uh, strengthen myself in in all senses of the word. And, um, and, you know, through, through our training, I, I kind of try and open that door to, for others to see as well. And, you know, up, up to them if they want to follow, follow down that path as well. Well, so, so where do you see, um, Sistema going in Japan? Do you see it, um, growing further? Do you feel like it's going to reach some sort of plateau? Do you feel like it's evolving and people are getting the idea of it? Um, what's the current state to your mind? Well, well, I think um, I, I definitely think it, it, it's going to grow, um, but it, it, you know, the, the martial aspects um, may not be the most interesting aspects for for the greater or the general audience. Um, the, uh, the the you know, Japan is it can be quite a, a stressful place to live, um, and you know, you have this uh, ever hanging, uh, pending doom of, of natural disaster um, yeah. hanging hanging over everyone and. And I think, you know, especially because it, it's not theoretical, uh, we actually have um, earthquakes uh, on a fairly regular basis. And, and last year we had two large ones in Osaka and, and Sapporo. And yeah, pretty terrible ones. Yeah, we have, uh, you know, about 20 to 30 typhoons every year as well. So actually yeah. the, the, the tools that people need are um, tools to be able to help them uh, remain calm, um, remain balanced, and, and be able to think clearly in, in times of crisis. 
Yeah. Yeah, I was um, stunned coming to Japan after um, growing up in England pretty much. And well, I lived in England, I lived in Scotland, but neither of those areas are particularly um, you know, typhoon or earthquake prone, <laughs> even hurricane. Yeah. I mean, we had one yes. hurricane in 1987 and it was the equivalent. Now, now I live in North Carolina where we get hurricanes pretty bad here too. And it's, uh, it was That's the equivalent right, of yeah. a stiff breeze, basically, that what they called a hurricane in Britain in 1987. So. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I think I was about... I was I was only a month in Japan and um, we were, we climbed Mount Fuji as a, as a group kind of uh, to, to mm. do the overnight thing and the typhoon hit it while we were climbing and it was the most miserable experience I've ever had in my life. It was pretty terrible. Wow. And then about three days after that, I was in my apartment and there was a small earthquake and um, the mini bar that I'd thoughtfully assembled on top of a cabinet, um, not really thinking it through, just came crashing down all around me in my tiny little apartment. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I didn't really, uh, not quite adapted to this place yet. It's full of volcanoes and plate tectonics <laughs> and crazy wind patterns that come in off the ocean. I'm like, I'm going to have to adapt to this a little bit this is weather the likes of which i just hadn't seen before so. yeah it does it takes a little bit of getting used to and um yeah not not everyone in, enjoys it um with, with mount fuji they, they say everyone should uh, climb it once but right. um but once, but once is enough yeah yeah i think yeah i believe the person that goaded us into doing it told us that phrase and, and you know a, a wise man climbs fuji once but they didn't you know the second part of that is that a fool climbs it twice right so it's, <laughs> right right yeah great yeah. So, um, yeah. so where would people find out about training with you if they're, if they're in Tokyo and they're, and they're looking to, um, maybe pick up Sistema, give it a try, or maybe if they're on, uh, on business, they're traveling through Tokyo, they train Sistema other places. How would they get in touch with you and find out when and where you're training? Yeah. So we, we have Facebook pages, um, Sistema Japan. Um, we have a website, Sistema Japan. Um, maybe if anyone, you know, wants to PM me or, or contact me through any of those mediums or, or our school, um, I, I would think that's the easiest way, and yeah, obviously uh, everyone is welcome. We, we do get a lot of people traveling through, so it's it's always quite a interesting uh, mix of people that we have training. Great, brilliant, and I'll, I'll stick those links on the uh, show notes as usual. And uh, I'm hoping to take those up at some point as well. I'd really like to return to Japan within the next couple of years. Uh, having small kids has kind of been an obstacle to that, and not wanting to take the enormously long flight for a little while <laughs> when the kids are really small. But I think in a few years' time, I'd really like to come back and, and visit some friends that I still have there, and it'd be lovely if I could uh, stop through and, and train with you guys if you're still kicking it in Tokyo. Nice one, yeah. You'd obviously be very welcome. Real okay, mate. Well, thanks so much, Scott, for um, for coming on, and maybe we can get you back on for a second round and share some more stories about um, training in Moscow and, and in Japan uh, further down the line. Sounds great, Glenn. Thank you very much. Great. Thanks very much, mate. Take care. All right. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to find out more about classes, workshops, and seminars at NC Sistema, please visit us online at www.ncsistema.com.